0: The Hong Kong Football Podcast coming to you from Kowloon, Hong Kong. After a fortnight in which defeat in Aberdeen scuffs more of that sheen off Kitchi's well oiled machine. Beating Guangdong again, Hong Kong's young men say yes we can. And after a nil nil flop, Eastern needs to stop. RNF, who sit top. We've got loads to cover in the next hour or so. The latest result in the Hong Kong Premier League, hustle and bustle in the top six tussle. Transfer News, Hong Kong Guangdong Cup Adventures, it's all in there. stay with us. My name, as always, is James Legg, and I'm joined, as ever, by Tobias Duser. Toby, hello.
1: Hello, everyone. How's it going? Great. So much to talk about today.
0: Yeah, and we both sound so good.
1: How is is that?
0: We finally got our replacement microphone, didn't we, Toby? Oh, yes. If you've been noticing a little, a slight smidge of a drop-off in sound quality over the past couple of episodes. Fear not, those dark days are over and we can dare to dream once again. Toby, let's start with last night's match at the Hong Kong Stadium, where Eastern missed the chance to go top of the table with a 0-0 draw with Lee Mann. Are you surprised by this result?
1: Yes, absolutely surprised. I think we all expected Eastern to win particular, it was their chance to go back on top of the table again. And yeah, they missed this opportunity. And now it's not looking so great anymore for them, I believe. And compared to R&F, who certainly have the upper hand now and lots of interesting things to come.
0: Yeah, two points dropped for Chan Ting's side. They gave a debut to new arrival Lima Pereira, a relatively young centre-back, 24 years of age. He's Portuguese. He came through at Porto and he wears the number 55, which means haha in Thai internet slang.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> is that what you're doing now? Yeah. In, in Chinese internet slang, it means woo means It's like the sound of crying. So
0: so will he be laughing or will he be crying come the end of this season?
1: Both is possible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not a bad start for him, I guess. A clean sheet. Easton did finish the game with 10 men after Wong Ji-ho was sent off on the hour mark for a last-man takedown on Leon Ka-hang. And Eastern were maybe lucky that that was the only major refereeing decision, wasn't it?
1: Yes, indeed. There were situations that very much looked like penalties to <laughs> an average non-expert. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they were quite lucky to get away with this yeah, on two occasions.
0: Their goalie, Yapung Fai, completely took out Stefan Pereira from what looked like a penalty. And then seconds later, like the ball breaks from that. And um, I think it was Lungar Hang gets the ball and he gets completely taken out by, was it Wong that time? Uh, I'm not sure. And either way, one of them must have been a penalty. And poor old Stefan Pereira, he's just back from being taken out by Roberto Afonso against RNF. And now he's getting flung into the air by Eastern goalies. Anyway, nil-nil it ended. This result leaves Eastern second on 18 points, one point behind RNF. And we are now at the halfway mark of the season. Every side has played nine games, and look at that—the top six is separated by five points. Kichi are down in fifth, four points off RNF, who are top. And there is a colossal match coming up next weekend in Guangzhou when RNF play Eastern. That's 2:30 p.m. on Saturday. If you fancy making the trip to the Yanzigang Stadium, but we'll talk a little bit about this game later in the show. Lee Mann are still the lowest scorers in the league. That's six goals in nine. They did just sign a striker, Michael Andree, uh, a French forward who has had spells at Thailand and UAE. Can he succeed where the likes of Pereira and Leung have failed so far this season. I guess we'll see. What, he looked quite good right?
1: Yes absolutely. Certainly an upgrade. From the previous signings they had. We know that. Alexander Talento. Left the team earlier. Didn't really meet the expectations. And against Eastern. They had their fair amount of chances. And maybe. If they would have been. A little bit luckier. With the referee on that <laughs> night. They could have been a win.
0: Certainly. Okay so other results. Kichi lost again. This time to Southern. On Saturday. The Aberdeeners really are Kichi's. Bogey team, they always seem to get a result off them. 2-0, this one finished thanks to two first-half goals from Diego Martins after some terrible kitschy defending and James Hart after a lovely southern free-kick routine. This was really nice, wasn't it?
1: You mean the entire match of this particular, <laughs> this particular goal?
0: I meant the free-kick. So I mean, it's just a standard free-kick, isn't it? Michael Luck is standing over the ball like 30 yards out and instead of taking a shot or a cross, he scoops the ball And it lands just perfectly like balanced just behind the wall and they kind of both seem to go for it. James Hart and Diego Martins both go for the ball, but Hart manages to give it the final touch into the net. Obviously something that's been worked on on the training ground and it worked to perfection, didn't it?
1: Yes, absolutely. And it proved again that you can beat Kitsi with set pieces. This is what RNF did earlier this season. And Salvan totally used the chances that he had. And I think it was well-deserved. They played a very good first half. And the second half, they completely shut down and kept the result. So pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, this is true. I mean, you're right. You say that they shut, shut the game down. And I mean, Kichi still just didn't offer much in return. As ever, when their defense is struggling, the whole team just seems to lose that shape and speed and cohesion, which made it so good last year. Season, there were a couple of absentees, of course. Their best player, Christian Vadoch, was on the bench apparently injured. And their new man, Matt Smith, he's not Matt Smith who played doc who was in Doctor Who, right?
1: No, I don't know, <laughs> maybe, maybe not, <laughs> <laughs>
0: but. I mean, he's an Australian centre-back, they signed him and he didn't play.
1: Yeah, he seems to have still some problems with an injury, so he's not fit yet to play. And that might soon turn into a problem if the ACL qualifiers are coming up very soon.
0: Yeah, so the intention is that he takes the kind of Asian spot in the ACL registered team. So what's happened to Kim Bong Jin?
1: Yeah, that's the question. What happened to Bong? I don't know. He was replaced and it didn't feel quite right to me. I think he wasn't a problem <laughs> in yeah. the first half of the season. He was dropped all of a sudden. It's it's a bit of an unknown to bring in a, a new defender at this point of the season. It didn't work out very well last year. Of course, they had a much bigger squad when they brought in Diego Valan very, very close to the ACL start. So it's it's a bit risky to do that, I feel.
0: Yeah, so those absentees meant that the defense was Danny Cancela, Nando, Ling Aihoi, and Tonkin Man. That's not really as good as what you know we've been used to over the past year or two with Helio and Kim Bong Jin, and then either Lo Yi and Lam Ji Gin are right back. And let's talk a little bit about this squad situation. Like certainly last season their squad was about twice the size of everyone else's in the leagues, maybe put together. And they had this massive clear-out. So many senior players left. Alex Akande, Sandro, Paulinho, Lo Kuan Yee, I could probably name a few more. And then they had a few things that were out of their control, like Christian Vardoch left for a while. That seemed to unsettle the squad. You had Helio was out for so long. But all of a sudden, they find themselves having to kind of cobble together a defence, whereas that's never been the case before. Like, how... How has this come about?
1: Yeah, it's very strange. I mean, they have for a long time relied on naturalized players. And in particular for the defense, right, it was for them quite important for Helio to become naturalized at some point, having Dani, of course, and Recio as well back there. And then they very much could rely on them and still sign a lot of other... Foreign players in addition to it. But what you notice is compared, for example, to Salvan, compared to RF, compared to maybe even Pegasus, right? That they actually have a couple of young, good defenders who are like in the under 23, under 25 generation of. Hong Kong. And this is something that Kichi is really missing in their squad at the moment. Uh, you have Ling ai hoi who gets a chance but doesn't really meet his expectations very much. And I think he's not at the same level as, for example, uh, Wu Chu Ming or Lau Hok Ming. But then, aside from him, uh, there's a huge age gap eventually. Maybe this comes back at them at this point, which is, a, which is a strange situation, maybe, because it has worked for quite some while, but not this season, apparently.
0: I mean, last year was kind of the apotheosis of so much planning in terms of Bringing in domestic players like Matt Lamb, Jared Lum, Lam Gin, and bringing in naturalized players. And I think even at the time we said, like, how how sustainable is this in the long run? You know, if you're going to basically rely on teams like Taipo to bring in Brazilians, (laughs) you wait for them to get good, you sign them, then they get a passport. Like, to what extent is that a viable option for the long term? And maybe that's starting to show itself. I guess we'll see. They are down in fifth, four points off top at this halfway stage. Now... (laughs) I'm in this position where of course Kicchi have had a terrible start to the season but if someone were to ask me who's going to win the league I would still find it hard not to say Kicchi such is their dominance and such is the fact that they do have the best squad in the Premier League probably or at least that, that could change or that could prove to be otherwise but are we now at the stage where actually we can say no someone maybe it's more likely that RNF is going to win the league.
1: Well kitchi have lost two games already they have dropped I think all together now what is it 10 points. Lots in this of season. draws yeah. So in the Premier League history I think the last time that the champion lost 12 points is like the first season of the entire Premier League. The short history of the Premier <laughs> League. <laughs> I mean, it, it would be quite unusual. That said that the chances are still up there. As you mentioned, there are just five points between the first and the fifth. So it would be a bit too arrogant to just take them out of the mix at this very moment. There's still enough time to come back from it. But I, th- I would now, if I would have to, I would put my money on R&F at this moment. Wow. Because they have the momentum. And Kichi really looked. Uh, Bit in disarray, and you could feel that also the atmosphere within the team didn't look that great anymore. They had lots of miscommunication, it seems, in the first half as well, and just didn't look as happy as they usually look when they are like just dominating the game, but not anymore, it seems, at least against Salvan, the boogeyman. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I guess it is. It's easy to enjoy football when you're winning, and when you've gone so long, especially well, in the league without losing a game, whether it becomes hard to respond properly to that you know like there's a lot of complaining at the referee there's a lot of players complaining at their teammates that kind of thing I don't know if that's something where it's hard to adjust essentially from being this unbeatable thing to suddenly losing games anyway no such problems for Southern they're up in third with the same record as Eastern played 9-1-5 drawn three only one defeat so far for the Aberdeeners who are also back in their new home I should add I thought the Aberdeen sports ground got blown away by the typhoon.
1: Yeah, I think literally blown away. At least <laughs> the stand and the roof. So they made a kind of makeshift arrangement. Have you seen the, the photos of the new Aberdeen Sports Ground?
0: Yeah, well, it's the same same place, but they, they've moved over to the other stand that they never used to use, right? Right.
1: And they put a roof above the opposite stand and removed the roof of the old stand. It still doesn't look quite ideal. <laughs> I'm not really sure what's the, what's the long term plan for them, because all this seems to be a temporary arrangement as well. Find we'll me
0: something in Hong Kong football that not a temporary arrangement, though. Yeah, that's, that's not
1: <laughs> get started <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, it looks like the star striker Nikola Komasech is on his way back to fitness too after that fracture in his leg he's back in Hong Kong and that should also be good news for Ricky Cheng's men well done to them in this match regular correspondent RDHHK has been in touch on Instagram saying no Vadoch big miss for Kichi Raymond and Martins were outstanding for Southern they sure were elsewhere top of the league R N F dream 6-0 no great surprise here dreams look pretty bad this season Lam gain opened the scoring with a brilliant volley after a deflected Itaparika pass looped over the defense then followed goals from sean say and two each for Thiago de Leonco and giovanni da silva rnf looking very good and they might look even better soon as they've just strengthened their already impressive squad there, toby who have they signed
1: yeah, absolutely. So they have just announced the signing of Serge Deble, who is a player from the Ivory Coast, who recently played for Meiju Hakka in China League One and had a very good season there last year. And he is a kind of winger forward, so could be a good addition, could be put on rotation, for example, with Giovane De Silva or Thiago De Leonco, because r only allowed to field two foreigners at the same time on the pitch. But it will be interesting to see what he brings to the Premier League very soon.
0: And any other transfer news, contract news on the RNF front?
1: Yeah, well, it has been announced that they are not as originally planned sending Tanchen Lock to Guangzhou RNF, but they want to keep him until the end of this season. And I think that the whole arrangement now, like making a kind of bigger signing, keeping Tanchen Lock, it pretty much shows that they want to go for it. Like they feel that they have a realistic chance now to win the championship. Maybe a little bit unexpected because I think they would have expected to probably fight for it in like one or two years from now because they're not eligible yet to play in Asia Mm -hmm. afterwards. So it's a bit of a waste. outcome if it really happens i mean this would bring us to another topic then but i think they're going for it and both these decisions i think are proof of that
0: that is very interesting maybe we'll discuss later in the season kind of is hong kong ready for uh, a guangzhou based champion and all of what that entails i guess since we're at the halfway mark should we talk about who's caught our eye for the season awards
1: oh wow and early spoiler what is this season well, awards? no,
0: I I just want some nominations really. Like who so far has kind of put themselves in the running? In previous seasons when we've awarded this, I think it's been kind of obvious actually. Well, I mean Nikola Komazec, he scored like 10 in his first ten when he arrived at South China. Christian Vadoc, obviously there was no question last year, who was the player of the season. And I don't know, I feel as though in line with the way things are going in the Premier League, in you know, every team looks kind of beatable and every team also looks kind of good in the top six, maybe top seven, we could argue. And I think that's the same with the players. Like no one has kind of asserted themselves quite as well. For me, Igor Sartori springs to mind. I think he's just a constant source of threat and inspiration for Taipo. Lucas is doing very well. He's top scorer in the league, even though Kichi really aren't giving him the support that he normally relies upon. Is there anyone else?
1: Yeah, I mean, I very much agree with you. It. it really seems to be fairly hard to season. And I think also your your nominations here, what you what also revealed is you're now rather thinking of strikers. So Satori definitely had a strong season so far. Blader has been dropping off a little bit recently with Eastern, who would have also still counted in. But other than that, it's it's still, I hope for the second part of the season that it becomes clearer, but not so much anymore a kind of playmaker situation. Guayamir, it doesn't really have the same strengths as last season. I think last season he probably was one of the contenders as well for the title, very close with Christian Vardic. But this season we haven't seen much of him yet and even like Wong Wai is not as dominant maybe as previously so it's really hard strangely
0: yeah I, I completely agree let's hope that over the next nine games and cup finals things become a little bit clearer well for us as people who need to give out this award young player of the season Chang Quang Ho looks very good for you
1: and Long doesn't he yes I agree absolutely so how many he scored so far is it five goals
0: yeah, five goals in nine games at Yuen Long. Spoiler alert, listeners, one of them did come at the weekend in a game that we haven't <laughs> mentioned yet. But what about Harry Sawyer? He's only 22. I mean, of course, we normally think about young Hong Kong Chinese players, but he looks, he's doing pretty well for Tai Taipo now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Particularly considering the age as well. And an Australian signing, so EFC Cup quota. So that's pretty really decent.
0: I guess when it comes to coach of the year, whenever we come to consider who's been the best coach, I think a lot is gonna depend on who wins the league, isn't it? At the moment, I think two people spring to mind, Chan Yun Ting and Yueng Ching Kwang, when you look at the effect that they've both had on their respective sides, it's nuts. Actually, when you now of course with Yueng it's a bit different because the squad has been overhauled as well. But when you you know, the difference between Eastern with Chan Yun Ting then Eastern without, and then she comes back and then they go back up to being one of the best teams in the league. That doesn't seem like a coincidence, but with Yang, you know, he was excellent last year with Pegasus. He was excellent before that with Eastern. you know, before they won the league. And now he's taken RNF straight to the top of the table and they look really
1: good. Yeah, very much agree. But as you probably could already tell from our previous conversation, I have a very soft spot still for the Yunlong coach. Kenneth Kwok, who we'll talk about more later on in this podcast. He
0: might not just be your long coach for much longer. Listeners, if you have any thoughts on this, please get in touch. You know where we are. We're at podcast at offside.hk. That's podcast at offside.hk. Or you can find us on Instagram, Hong Kong Football Podcast. Is it all one word or is it got underscores in between? Hong underscore Mm -hmm. Kong underscore football underscore podcast. Sexy. <laughs> I know, I know. When you, when you say it out loud. Uh, please get in touch, let us know who has caught your eye this season. We can't watch every game. Do you know who I think has done some great transfer business in the past couple of weeks? Typo comes to mind. Typo definitely comes to mind. They swapped out left back David Lazari with Pegasus for one of my favourite players in the Premier League, João Emir. I think it's a great deal, one of the best passers in the league. He's a goal threat, mostly creates or others not always the most mobile i i don't know if his fitness is the reason why pegasus wanted to move him on he has been in and out of their team this year it doesn't look like he's in the best shape I've ever seen him in Uh, but I do think it's great for them
1: yeah I I totally agree I think it was maybe so fine in this I I wouldn't really call it winter transfer window but (laughs) (laughs) in Hong Kong the window is quite quite open all year round basically Mm. because you can sign a lot of free agents anyway but I think in terms of domestic swaps domestic transfers that was probably the, the most surprising but also the best one
0: yeah is it is it a bit decadent having Igor Sartor Wong Wai and Emir at the same time. Like they're all quite luxury players. Um, I mean, I guess they didn't play them all.
1: Luxury players? What?
0: <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> like, I don't, well, they're not likely to win the ball is essentially my point. Uh, and they are very much the guy who should wait in the space for someone to get the ball and give it to them.
1: Okay, I don't mean that they are too expensive in terms of salaries. <laughs> no, I, I don't know.
0: but I mean, it's kind of a moot point anyway, because I guess they didn't play them all when they played Hoi King at the weekend. They won 3-0. Rao started on the bench, but did come on in the second half. Goals for the Greens came from Michel Lugo, Philip Chansey, Kwan, and that man Harry Sawyer. Oh, and Hoi King... Now have Zivic there, I forgot to mention. He's joined from Lee Man. Maybe not the best move for him, but that's football. And the only result we haven't mentioned yet is that Pegasus drew with Yoon Long on Sunday 1-1 at the Mong Kok. You long thought they'd won it in the 89th when Chang Kwong Ho hit in a rebound after Chun King Fung absolutely rattled the bar from outside the box. But Thomas Marinese was judged to have handled in the box off a Wong Chun Ho shot about five minutes after that. The referee gave a penalty. Travis Major's penalty was saved by Chan Ka Ho in goal, but Major put home the rebound to equalize. He then celebrated by sarcastically clapping in the direction of Yun Long defender Fabio over some beef earlier in the match, which maybe wasn't the most sporting gesture, but here you go. 1-1, it ended.
1: Yes, a friend of mine described the situation right after the game, was that the referee's mother was very busy in the (laughs) the minutes after. So yeah, a lot of dissatisfaction (laughs) among the Yun Long supporters for this late penalty.
0: Yeah, it it looked like it should have been a penalty, but anyway... The Flying Horsemen are sixth. Yunlong are seventh.
1: The Hong Kong Football Podcast comes out every two weeks, dropping on each second Wednesday. Make sure you never miss our latest show by subscribing on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, or wherever else you get your podcasts.
0: So, Toby, you had a great time last week? Yes,
1: I had a great time. You didn't. No. Because you didn't come to the Guangdong Hong Kong Cup, the highlight of the year. Apparently so. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about it. What what did I miss? Well, to be honest, I missed the first leg as well. I did not travel to Guangzhou on January 6th when Hong Kong lost 1-2 to the Guangdong side, which looked pretty strong in Guangzhou at that time. They had Lu Lin, very famous and popular CSL player who was involved in both of the goals in Guangzhou so he scored from the penalty and then later on also sent in the corner for the 2-0 so at that point Guangdong was 2-0 up and it looked like Hong Kong is really just waiting for some kind of counter attack and then indeed it happened that they scored one more goal a beautiful one by Jordan Lam I'm not sure if you have seen that oh it
0: was yeah lovely kind of looping it's not a volley but it's
1: right flying above the goalkeeper yeah Um, and yeah a, a beautiful but also very important goal I think just for keeping the return leg as open as possible being just 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 one goal down at that point. Away goals usually don't count in this tournament, so that didn't matter. But just being one goal down, it looked like an okay position to start in the second leg.
0: Can I cut in for a second? Last I heard, there was no real coach because the coach had left. Kenneth Kwok, was he still in charge of this game?
1: Yes, he was. So Michael Boris, the German coach who was supposed to take over the... Guangdong-Hong Kong Cup side. Uh, he left because of weather or so, but we now know where he is. <laughs> He's said Tokyo Verdy. Surprise, surprise! <laughs> don't I don't I know someone else
0: who's at Tokyo Verdi? Yeah, I think so. <laughs>
1: so of course Gary White is now the head coach of Tokyo Verdi and Michael Boris disappeared, and it turns out he joined Gary White in Japan. But that said, I think retrospectively we can say that it was a great decision because Kenneth Kwok took over. And yes, we can. Yes, we can. Exactly.
0: And then what happened in the second leg? Because I guess that's more important.
1: Well, in the second leg, yes, we could. So (laughs) (laughs) Hong Kong started quite different. I feel that from the first leg, first leg was really more kind of defensive, performance and already kind of Gwok alluded to that he will go out all attack for the second game and this is what he did. Even the squad I think they had like seven eight attackers actually in the entire 23 man squad and they looked great. Like they, they pressed from the beginning, had high pressing. To be fair, Guangdong didn't bring the strongest side to the second leg, hoping that they can just like sit it out probably. But yeah Hong Kong really looked like wanting to score from early on. A little bit like what we have seen of the senior team in the Mongolia game. Like really pressing up high going for the win and yeah so they scored quite early already in the first half matthew Orr, but at this point it was one nil right that means that on aggregate the score was equal again two two which would have meant it would go into extra time if it would come to this final score but then hong kong did not stop at this but kept scoring and this was then in the second half with the two nil by leung Nok Hang with a nice header
0: and leung had quite stupidly given away a penalty in the first leg hadn't he so this was quite a a little bit of redemption. In the first game,
1: yes, yes, exactly. For
0: him on that. And then, sorry, and then who else got the goals?
1: And then again, it didn't stop at this. Uh, we had a bit of a controversial goal after that, the 3-0 for Hong Kong, which came out of a penalty, which looked like a foul that started outside the penalty box. So it was quite generous for the referee to give a penalty for this. And Chun Singh, who is now with RNF last season still with Taipo. Scored Very cool from the penalty spot. And at that point, the game went a little bit nuts. So you could see the emotions were, were flying high. I mean, generally, the Guangdong Hong Kong Cup is known for being quite physical. There have been a lot of injuries coming out of this both on both sides, both on the Guangdong side. Yang Chu, the, the Beijing Goan goalkeeper, broke his leg. Wong Wai famously broke his leg in the Guangdong Hong Kong Cup. So it's always like full packed action in there. The interesting thing is that usually in a game, when one team is 3-0 up, this might die down a little. Bit, but here it was just a continuing, and so the fans we got a little bit of ice hockey action eventually (laughs) a foul, and then all the players coming together a a small fist fight between Matt Orr and the Guangdong goalkeeper. Eventually, with both of them (laughs) deservedly seeing the red (laughs) card and being sent off. But in this tournament, again, I the consequences of a red card are not that serious, right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because, yeah, you miss maybe 20 minutes of the rest of the game. And the whole match time was rounded off by a beautiful goal by Gyuqi the very young Eastern player who was called into the senior team by Gary White. I think this is when he really appeared on the radar for, for many people and yeah it was a brilliant shot from around 20 yards like he was uh, receiving the ball and then just laying it off for his right foot and then taking the shot from outside the box so very nice match and uh, impressive performance by Hong Kong a great atmosphere inside the stadium so maybe one of my most favorite games at least in the top 5 I think in, in my short but intensive Hong Kong football history so far.
0: I am I'm very sad to have missed it, it looks It looked as though there was a lot of love for the coach, Kenneth Quark.
1: Yes, absolutely. And he came also to the main fan stand after the game and even talked to the people and, and thanked them. And there's a kind of pun there as well because the fans were chanting that he should stand in as a head coach and more or less like that And the, the Cantonese for this is like that he will take the seat. And when he was asked about this later on, he basically said, oh, they just want to be polite because he was standing for the entire match and they just <laughs> want to offer him a seat to sit down. <laughs> so he was very smartly and just like deflect any kind of rumors there but i think it was a very strong message for making him maybe one of the main contenders for the job because the deadline has just expired january 11th and now with him having won the Guangdong hong kong cup twice in two consecutive years having great knowledge about the team but he was assistant coach under gary white uh, so also had of course some influence there as well having a very good performance with yun long So I think that he is a a serious contender to be the next head coach now for the Hong Kong national team. What do you think?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, adding to the CV, of course, he took uh, under twenty-three team to the East Asian Games and did very well. There, I mean, I say very well. He slightly exceeded expectations there, and he seems very popular. You know, everyone is in. You know, everyone enjoys this guy. You know, whenever he gives a, when he addresses people, whenever he gives interviews, why, why not? Really, you know, you've got someone who's already involved in the setup. I mean, he's clearly taken a leaf out of Gary White's book, you know, with addressing the crowd at the end of the game with the megaphone. Why not at least, you know, they were so thrilled to get Gary White and that didn't work out. Why not at least try and take some continuity from that? It actually reminds me, not to talk too much about English football, but it it does remind me a little bit of Gareth Southgate and how he got the England job. He came in as a stand-in because there was kind of no one. You know, they got someone low-key because there was no one big-ticket available, and then it just showed that they had a level of positivity and a level of organisation, and that worked well for England. Obviously, I'm not saying that we're gonna make it to the semi-final of a World Cup <laughs> yet with Hong <Not>. Kong, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I I would be surprised if he's definitely not high up on the list that the FA has, unless they have some specific reason not to pick them. I don't know, because it's the HKFA, and no one really knows. But great for him. Another, you know, great mark on his coaching CV. He goes back to coaching Yuen Long for now. And I guess we'll see what happens next with the national team. Okay, so this week looks huge for the Hong Kong Premier League. Let's, of course, start with that big one at the Yankee Gang, RNF versus Eastern, first versus second. Young Ching Kwong against his former club. RNF have a great chance to build on their slender lead at the top of the league, and the form book suggests that they will do it. Eastern across all competitions have only actually won one in their last seven matches. RNF across all comps have only lost one in seven. That was the Senior Shield semi-final against Tai Po. Of course, the last non-typo team to beat them was Easton on the opening day of the season in that pulsating 3-2 match, which Easton were losing 2-1 until the 90th minute. They got a couple in extra time. Since then, RNF have impressed everyone by beating kitchy as well. And they've got this new guy, Debley. If he's ready to go, then I-, I imagine he'll be in the squad. I... Feel quite strongly that RNF are going to win this match.
1: Yeah, I basically agree. I think also that RNF now have this momentum. They are on top of the table right now. Eastern with a quite disappointing result against Lehman last week. That said, it's a great chance for RNF, first of all, to assert. And strengthen their position on top of the table and this is why i would i mean it's we still have nine rounds to play right but it's almost like an early six pointer because it's yeah the direct clash between at the moment the most promising title contenders and r and f could use this to keep eastern at bay at the same time if eastern you know, would take the points or even a, a draw for them they would still like keep it open and keep r and f at reach so it's a very important game uh, we shouldn't underestimate it. And interesting that it is played again, I guess, as the first game of the second half of the season. But yeah, um, I would still back R&F as well at that very moment.
0: And, you know, let's not forget that if these teams draw, things are so tight at the top that that would be an opportunity for Southern to go top. It would be an opportunity for the likes of Taipo and Kichi to really cut the gap. And speaking of... They will be looking to make up ground on the front runners. They play Yunlong at the same time as the match in Guangzhou. Both of them are 2.30 on Saturday. This is a district team derby, of course, a New Territories derby. Yunlong will be smarting from the disappointment of the late Pegasus equaliser. I know this is normally a bad omen (laughs) when I say this, (laughs) but I think that there will be goals in this game. These are not defensive teams. They are... Quite attacking teams, actually. And yeah, I mean, relative to their league positions, they have actually both conceded more goals than the teams around them. But I do think
1: Taipo will win. Wow, I wish I would have your confidence in there. I feel New Territories Derby is always a very very difficult game to call. Uh, We have seen in the last season's very, very tough fights between the two sides, when it actually looked like typo are going in as the favourites. But lots of emotions, a lot of red cards in the past. Uh, lots of fouls. So for me, basically everything's possible. You can feel there's some extra layer to it. And it, it really has become a, a derby in the last few seasons, I believe. So I'm, I'm not too sure. I think it's quite an open game. And Long, they are they're good to challenge any team at the moment. They, they might have not this kind of stability, but the way they are playing high pressing, high energy attack, a, a quite annoying team to play against still. And so I, I wouldn't underestimate them.
0: Fair enough. I thought you were going to back Po, but yeah, it it, does, <laughs> it it sounds like it'll be a very interesting game. I, apart from the Eastern RNF game, I think it might be the highlight of the weekend. Later on, Pegasus will play Dreams,
1: and they they should win this game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, that, that's that done. <laughs> Bottom side Hoi King will play third place Southern in Sham Po on Sunday, two thirty p.m. This also looks like an easy one in this case. For Southern, later on, 5.30pm at the Mongkok Kichi take on Man. Lee shaft fresh from shutting out Easton. Can they repeat the trick against the stumbling champions? Well, and you know, the Southern managed to shut out Kichi, which is a, quite a rare occurrence. Uh, so you never know. Man might be able to get another nil-nil draw. Yeah, you, you never know, of course. <laughs> Great expertise. <laughs> but I only, yeah. I mean, I only saw the highlights of the Lehman-Easton game, but... From what I saw they looked a lot better the the new the new striker Ndri looked like he had a few good touches and like he was getting people into play a bit more you know as we've said they just have nothing in the final third that's the problem they are the lowest scorers in the league and well yeah unless they, unless they change that they're going to they're going to struggle if you don't score goals you're not going to win games and you're likely to lose them let's see if he can help them change that I guess but on the other side Kichi really need three points they really need to get things back on track don't they
1: Yes, they have to. And therefore, I actually believe that they, they can still manage to beat Liman. But it might look a little bit more difficult the week after. It might, because they've got uh,
0: even bigger, well, even bigger than Liman. They've got the biggest game of this season so far. The Senior Shield Final, 26th of January, 4pm, Hong Kong Stadium. Kichi will take on Taipo in the final of Asia's oldest footballing cup competition. Taipo are above Kichi in the league. And Kichi seemed to constantly be missing key men. But the Blues really do seem to have the beating of Taipo. They beat them in two finals at the end of last season. I think, what did I say in the last podcast? Taipo have beaten them once in the past 23 matches or something. The sides drew 2-2 in the league earlier this season. It is all in the balance. Toby, as the Taipo fan here. But he didn't feel confident going up against Yu Long in the league, so... How will you feel in, I guess, 10 days from now when Taipo take on Kichi?
1: Well, I would say that if I would have to pick a time that would be best to play against Kichi than it is right now. This seems to be the right time to go into a final <laughs> against Kichi, who who seemed to really struggle lately just coming out of a loss against Salvan as well. And I think there's a lot to learn, also for Taipo, from these games. I give to closely analyze. Taipo are also usually quite strong with set pieces. Let's not forget, Dudu I think is like the master of headers. Yep. They have Prez who is like always coming out of nowhere, but yeah, he's quite tall so you see him ahead. <laughs> but yeah, they can certainly rely on this. Huawei is maybe good for this as well. Speaking of set pieces, speaking of free kicks and so on. And I feel that they have a fair chance in this final, much more so than at the end of last season in the sampling cup final and the FA Cup final. It's for me the right time to take on KC and I think we will see an open final. I'm not saying that Taipuna is going in as a favorite, but a think that they have a very very good chance to take home the silverware on that night
0: yeah and I don't know if I'm putting too much emphasis on the weather here, but the thing that I thought really did for Taipo last time was just how hot it was in in the Hong Kong stadium. It was what? It was May when they played in the FA Cup final. And when you're playing against a team who is better conditioned, has much better training facilities and therefore keeps its players in better shape and has a much bigger squad with more depth, actually, that's going to make it a lot harder to play against. They don't have that to worry about just as much. You know, it, it's going to be more like, what, 15 degrees rather than... They're like 32 it was or whatever last time. So maybe it's better for them to play them in a winter final rather than a summer final as well. So I agree with what you're saying. I think Kichi still have this thing over typo It's like the opposite of what they have over Southern. Always seem to beat them, even when it looks like they're going to lose. But if there is a time to play them, yeah, this is it. This is the one time when I would start to say, you know what, maybe... Kitchi aren't the favourites for this game. Maybe it's a toss-up, really. Which just makes it all the more exciting. Get down there, listeners. Book the day in the diary. Get the day off work. Get down to the Hong Kong stadium. If you work on Saturday, right? <laughs> Some people work on Saturdays. Uh, of course, this is saying. If you work on Saturday,
1: take the day off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm I'm actually quite looking forward to the first final of the season. Okay, I think that's everything for this edition of the Hong Kong Football Podcast. Have a great time at the football, especially if you're making the trip to Guangzhou for that big one at the top of the table. Hope your team wins. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We like Hong Kong. That's a place for you.